Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancolana, and we are right in the middle of a series of podcasts that I sincerely hope are proving to be beneficial to you. We are doing a five-part series that I have titled Dark Matters, Working with Some of Life's Most Difficult Emotions. Right, and the whole idea here is to kind of get down in the dirt a little bit, down in the mud, down into what I think is the reality of life, and deal with some of the most common, widespread, difficult, yucky emotions that we human beings can face. Okay? So this is a series where let's not run away from the realities of life. Let's not stick our heads in the sand. Let's, let's, let's talk. Let's get real about what it's like to be human. And let's talk about some of these emotions you know, that most of us don't want to feel, do our very best to avoid, um, maybe even do crazy things to not feel these feelings. And so in week number one, we dealt with the feeling of loneliness, right? That's just such a powerful feeling. And you know, I was thinking about this, that I don't know if loneliness is as commonplace in other parts of the world versus Western society. And hear me out on this. I think in in Western civilization, we have like an obsession about partnership and relationship and marriage and connection. It's it's like we we feel like to be single if you're over 30, oh, there must be something wrong with you. Like it's almost like the expectation is that you're supposed to be in a relationship. And if you're not, there's something wrong because we've got this view of life, we have this assumption, we have this obsession, I would say, with relationships. And you have to be in one. And if you're not, something's wrong with you. And if not, you're missing out. And you're, you know, you get what I'm saying? I'm not so sure in all parts of the world that they look at relationship as being such a necessary and then I don't know if they look at it in such an obsessive way. Like look at all of our Disney, you know, movies, you know, when you were a kid, you know, Cinderella and, you know, all these, all these fairy tales are all about relationship and falling in love. I mean, look at our romantic comedies and listen to any of our music. Right? It's, it's like, oh, it's, it's all connection and love and relationships and intimacy. Like we're obsessed with it. And because we're so obsessed with it, I think it gives rise to loneliness. Right? It's sort of like if our, if our culture says that's what the standard is and that's what everybody's supposed to want. And if you don't have it, there's something wrong with you and God doesn't love you or something you know, then when you're not in a relationship, it I think it makes the loneliness feeling worse. Whereas if you're in a culture that doesn't obsess so much over relationship and doesn't make them the goal of life and that without it, life is meaningless, then I think if you're single, you're less prone to feeling lonely because you're not missing out on what everybody says is the whole purpose of life. And so I think we make our own loneliness worse because we're so obsessed. I mean, look at us with The Bachelor, that TV show. 
And then they're starting a new one here. It's like the farmer. The farmer's looking for wives or something. I don't know. I think they're dovetailing off of the success of Yellowstone, you know, and everybody wants to be with Kevin Costner or that character Rip, you know. So so doesn't it say something about our society that The Bachelor is in like its 25th season? It's one of the most successful TV shows of all time. Doesn't that say something? I think it does. And I think because we obsess about it, you know, relationships so much, we sort of make ourselves more lonely because that's what we're supposed to do, right? You're supposed to be hooking up with someone. So that's just my little rant on how we create our own nightmare with loneliness. But that was week number one, okay? Then we talked about anxiety, in week number two, right? Another unbelievably common feeling. I don't know this for sure, but I would guess that of all the disorders that therapists and doctors and psychiatrists and counselors could diagnose, that the basic anxiety disorder is probably the most prevalent, right? I don't know for sure, but I'm, I'm thinking anxiety medications might be the most frequently prescribed of any medication in the world. Now, I mean, I could be wrong, but if I'm wrong, it's probably up on the list, <laughs> okay? So anxiety is quite common. And now we're talking about insecurity this week. This is week number three of the series, and we're talking about insecurity. And I got to say that, man, insecurity is kind of hard to define because it's really not that different from anxiety. In other words, if you feel insecure, don't you feel anxious? Isn't it sort of the same thing? Isn't it two sides of the same coin? Right? So I think there really are some similarities to the extent that you could go back to the last episode, the one on anxiety, and substitute the word insecurity, and probably everything I say would really be helpful in dealing with insecurity because insecurity is a kind of anxiety. But I do think there's a little different flavor when you feel insecure than when you might feel anxious or worried and so forth. And so I I think, yeah, we we need to have a separate week on this. And I also got to tell you, when I thought of this months ago, this series, I thought, oh, yeah, we got to talk about insecurity because that is so common. I can relate to it even to this day. I'm a very insecure person. Okay, I just have to admit that to you. I am. You'll hear more about that in a minute. And I just know insecurity shows up in so many ways, which we're going to talk about in just a minute, that everybody's dealing with this. So I was really excited about this topic. And then I had to sort of sit down and do the podcast. And I was like, oh, God, what have I gotten myself into? (laughs) Because it's like, this is kind of a hard thing to nail down. This is a difficult thing to even define. Like, what what is insecurity? What is it it really about? And and how do we deal with it? Well, I'm going to give it my best shot. And to be honest with you, Just to try to get a handle on this, I went to (laughs) dictionary.com and I just typed in the word insecurity because I was really having trouble coming up with trying to define it for you. Just what are we talking about when we we say insecure? And so dictionary.com, it mentions something like insecure is to, to be subject to fears or doubts, to lack confidence or not to be self-assured, right? So to be insecure is to have fears and doubts. It goes on to say it's you can feel sort of uncertain or uneasy or even exposed or liable to risk, loss, or danger, right? So this insecure thing has a feeling of risk to it, a feeling of danger to it. That you feel exposed, like something could happen, something's at risk. And then the last part of the definition is it's the feeling of, of being not firmly or reliably placed 
or fastened. It mentions like you're like an insecure ladder. Okay, the ladder is not really on a firm footing. It's not really fastened here, so it's shaky and so forth. So that's what insecurity is. It's like it's like having fears and doubts and you're not self-confident. Right? Just there's an uneasiness, uh, an, uh, a kind of an uncertainty, kind of a risk, danger, exposure kind of feeling, and a sense of not feeling grounded, you know, secure, like you've got a foundation. Okay? So that's what we're going to try to talk about today. And I think sort of the way that I imagine this is I try to talk about it. It's like, do you remember that Forrest Gump movie where he said stupid is is what stupid does? Okay. You know, because in that movie, they were always asking uh, Forrest Gump, are you stupid? And he's like, well, mama always said that stupid is what stupid does. Meaning it's what is stupid? Kind of hard to define it, but you, you kind of know what it is by what it does. Okay. So I think insecurities like that. It's kind of not easy to get our hands around, but it shows up in certain ways. When there is insecurity, you behave in certain ways. You do certain things. Insecurity is what it does. And maybe the best way to know if or how insecure you might be by looking at the ways insecurity shows up. So that's what I want to do. I view insecurity as like the trunk of a giant tree. It's got all these branches. And all the different branches lead back to the trunk. So the branches are expressions of the trunk. They come from the trunk. And every branch leads its way back to the trunk. So the trunk of the tree is insecurity. I think it's the core feeling of the ego. There's this sense of fear, this sense of, yeah, just doubt, of lack of confidence, of feeling exposed or not rooted, right? So let's take that idea of the trunk of the tree is insecurity, and then let's look at the branches, okay? So I got like maybe 15 different expressions that I think when this shows up in your life, it it means you're insecure, okay? So let's take to start off with something that's so common, people-pleasing. Anybody a people-pleaser? I think we're all people-pleasers, but some of us are sort of better at it than others, right? But think about people-pleasing, Right, you, you, you want to do what people expect. You want to be liked. You want to please them. You know, you might lose track of who you are and what you want, and you're just other referenced, and you know you're wanting to fit in and so forth. Why do you do that? Isn't it because you're insecure? Aren't people pleasers sort of insecure people? Right now, don't hear any judgment in this. Because I've already said I'm very insecure. And my point here to start out with, the first step in growing in this area is to admit that we have a problem. <laughs> it's like AA. The first step is, to, okay, I, I got a problem with alcohol. Okay. Hello, I'm Roy. I'm an alcoholic. Hello, I'm Roy. I'm insecure. So the idea here is to help because you might not think you're very insecure, but that I'm going to mention one of these expressions of insecurity and you're going to go, oh, well, maybe I'm a little more insecure than I thought. Okay. That's actually good to get at the reality and not kind of live in the, you know, the, the fantasy world of how we'd love to see ourselves. Okay. So people pleasing is a result of insecurity. How about perfectionism? Right? Who, who is a perfectionist out there? Who has this sense that, you know, I don't even want to try something or do something if I feel like I just can't do it right. If I can't do it perfectly, I'm not going to try at all. Right? Isn't perfectionism 
the desire to to want to be perfect, to be seen as perfect, to do it right, not make any mistakes, isn't that because we feel insecure? And so therefore, we want to be perfect? Do, do, do you make Can you make that connection? That sometimes we don't start projects, we don't take risks, we don't go in a direction, you know, we don't step out you know, into the unknown because, man, if I can't do it right, if I can't do it perfectly, if if there's any fear of a mistake or any fear of me falling flat on my face, then I'm not even going to try, right? Doesn't that speak to insecurity? If, if, you were, if you were secure, wouldn't you step out and take a chance? And if you fall flat, you fall flat. So what? You fell flat. Doesn't mean anything about you, right? But because we're, we're insecure, I think we fall into not only people-pleasing, but perfectionism, okay? How about possessiveness and jealousy? Kind of two sides of the same coin. If I'm secure in who I am, am I going to be possessive? Am I going to be jealous? (laughs) Right? I mean, the only reason why I would want to be possessive of my partner or of my friends and try to control them and you're mine and you know is because I don't feel very secure in who I am and the only reason I would get jealous if my partner flirts with someone or something like that that the only reason I would feel jealous is because I feel insecure if I felt like if I felt secure in who I am, if I felt fastened, if I felt grounded, if I felt like I'm, I am who I am, I'm good enough, I'm worthy of love, I'm, I'm, if I felt really good in who I am, I just wouldn't be threatened by my wife flirting with someone. I wouldn't be possessive, right? So people-pleasing, perfectionism, possessiveness, jealousy, These are expressions of an insecure person. How about defensiveness? You know, someone says something, no, I got to set them straight. That's not right. That's not true about me. I've got to defend myself. I've got to stand up for myself. I've got to push back. I have to make sure they know that what they're saying is not true. I've got to kind of control the message here, right? The only reason why we're defensive is because we're insecure. If we're secure, there's nothing to defend. There, if a person thinks something of us, they think something of us. If I mean, there's just no need to defend something that isn't at risk, right? So insecurity, the word secure, safe, secure. You only defend things that are at risk, right? You, you defend a bank. You defend Fort Knox <laughs> because it's at risk, right? But something that's not at risk doesn't need to be defended. And so when you're secure, I don't need to defend my, my self-image. I don't need to defend how, how people should think of me or how they don't think of me. I'm secure in who I am. Right, but defensiveness reveals that you're insecure. Okay, uh, how about the fear of rejection? I mean, who isn't? Who who's not afraid of rejection? <laughs> right now, the reason we're afraid of rejection because we feel an insecure. Right, if if I felt secure in who I am, I'm going to walk up and say hello to this girl, and if we don't hit it off, if she gives me the cold shoulder. I'm not going to take it personal, right? I'm just, all right, maybe she's in a relationship. Maybe she's gay. Maybe she doesn't feel any chemistry, but it's not personal, right? So you notice how we take things personally? You only take things personally when you're insecure, right? If you're secure in who you are, you don't take it personal, It's not about me. They just don't feel an attraction. 
it's just not about me. It's not like nobody's going to not be attracted to me, right? There's, that doesn't mean something wrong with me. doesn't mean that I'm inferior. doesn't mean I'm not good enough. just means that they don't feel attraction toward me. See, that's the response of a secure person is that they're not, they're not thrown by rejection. They, they don't fear it. It's, it it's, it's, they don't take things personally. But don't you take almost everything personally? <laughs> I know I do. I mean, really, I, people call up. They, they call me up sometimes, and they're, they're talking to me as a coach, as a possibility, and they tell me, you know, I'm talking to someone else, and I'm choosing between the two of you. And believe it or not, sometimes people choose the other person and not me. <laughs> I know. Who can imagine such a thing, right? No, but that that can bother me. I can take that personal. Like, what's wrong with me? Or like, or I'll get more aggressive. Like, oh, well, they made the wrong choice. They're going to really realize one day they made the wrong choice. Well, either one of those responses, doesn't that show that I'm insecure? If I'm secure, I'm like, whoever you choose is going to be the right choice. It's not going to be about me. Maybe you just have a better connection with that person. Me, for whatever mysterious reason, right? That's, that's how I would respond if I was secure. I would celebrate your choice. I'm sure it's the right one. But do I always do that? <laughs> no. Sometimes I sulk about it and have my feelings hurt right? Why? Because yeah, I'm insecure, right? It's, that's just the truth. Okay, so the fear of rejection. How about the, the um, impulse to impress or to control your image? How about that one? Anybody, anybody concerned with making a good impression? Anybody concerned with how they're seen, with their image, with wanting people to think of them in certain ways and not in other ways. I don't want them to think of me like that kind of person. I want them to think of me like this kind of person. Anybody else fall into that? What does that reveal? That you're insecure. If you're secure, it's like, I am who I am. Think of me any way that you want. Because I know who I am. So I don't need to try to impress you. And I don't need to try to control what you think of me. I'm just me. I'm just going to be here. I'm going to be available. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be myself. And if I love who I am, then there's no need for me to try to impress you. I don't, I don't need you to like me. I don't need you to be impressed. I don't, I don't need you to think of me in a certain way, right? Why would I need that? Because if you think of me in a certain way, then maybe I can feel better about me. Which just means I'm insecure. <laughs> right? Okay, let's go on. This is kind of a pejorative kind of term, but have you heard the phrase being an attention whore? Attention whores. They're all around us online. I have an attention whore in me. Maybe you do too, but other people are really good at it. Sometimes musicians and people in the public eye, politicians, people have certain Instagram accounts that show their bodies in certain ways. Why? It's because they really need attention. Why do you need attention? Isn't that because you're insecure? <laughs> of course it is. If you were secure in who you are, you don't need to go out of your way to say, hey, look at me. Aren't I cool? Aren't I wild? Aren't I different? Aren't I outrageous? Right? You wouldn't go through life saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. If you were truly secure in who you are, you just go about your business and you really wouldn't care whether people notice you or not. I personally think you know how they say people, they're, they're online, they're influencers. I, I just think those are some of the most insecure people in the entire world. I want to be an influencer. What does that mean? Usually, I just want to be seen. I want to be trending. I want to be talked about. I want to get likes. How about on your social media? You want to get likes? What's that about? Okay. Now, again, no judgment. I'm just trying to say, look in the mirror here. 
Look at what's really going on behind the scenes. When you want to get likes, when you want to trend, when you want to get followers, and you want to be seen, it's just because you don't feel secure. You would never invest your time and effort and energy into that if you already felt secure in who you are. Okay? Does that make sense? But how about this one? How about even the desire to belong, this hunger for oneness, this hunger to be connected? Okay? Now, I do think there is a natural and normal non-ego desire to belong. I believe we're social creatures, right? And from an evolutionary standpoint, to be separate and alone would mean sure death thousands of years ago. Wild animals are going to get you. Other tribes might attack you. So we have kind of a biological instinct to be, there's safety in numbers. There's an instinct to be a social creature, to be connected family, friends, to a tribe, to belong, right? There's a normal, natural instinct for that. And then there is something that crosses a line. Like, I need to be connected. Like, I need to belong. I need someone to want me. I need to to be one with someone. I think I wrote in one of my books that... I was in an intimate relationship from the day I was 16 years old until I was 46. There were four different relationships in there, and I was never not in a committed relationship for a single day, which means those overlapped each other, if you get my drift. I was still with someone when I met someone else, and then I left them and I hooked up with that person, right? I had what I call the Tarzan syndrome. You know, Tarzan's swinging on the vines in the jungle. Well, he doesn't let go of one vine until he can grab a hold of another one. Otherwise, he falls to his death. And I was a little bit like that. I couldn't be not in a relationship. I had to go from one to another. And when I was around 46 is when I started doing my work and noticing how much of a relationship addict I was. Okay? I started, I spent some time where I was really single. There was nobody in my life. And I remember feeling like I was a helium balloon, like one of those helium balloons at the county fair. And I was untethered. I wasn't tied down. And I was floating around up in the atmosphere being driven by the wind, God knows where I was going and where I'd end up. I felt that disconnected. I felt that scared to be single. Like a helium balloon that was just cut loose. Okay? So that's what I'm saying. There's a normal level of we're social creatures and we do want friends and we want to belong. Yes. And then there's this other level that I think is more common than many of us want to admit is like, I can't be alone. I don't like being alone. I need to be in a relationship and I'm going to go from one to another, right? There was an old song. um, I quoted it in one of my books. It was by Fergie. Um, Remember she was, uh, wasn't she a singer in the band Outcast? Is that right? Oh God, this is many years ago now. But I remember her singing a song, about the love bug, and when you know when she she was she broke up with someone, the love bug would come up and bite her, and she was back, and she would you know meaning she was back in another relationship. You know you you got to go from one to another, okay? So where is that from? This inability to be alone, right? This desperate need to belong to a tribe, to a group to a person. Isn't it because we feel insecure? Like we're alone, we we don't feel safe. We feel unsafe, insecure, at risk, right? Okay, let's go on. How about narcissism? Narcissism is a little bit like the attention whore thing. 
narcissists are the most insecure people in the world. Who is the biggest narcissist you can think of in, in public life today? Politics, movies, famous people, business people, politicians, whatever. The more narcissistic, the more insecure they really are underneath. The narcissism is just compensating for the feeling of insecurity. They want to be special, look special. It's all about them, their self-centeredness, the self-absorption. You want to look at your reflection in the water, which is what Narcissus, you know, from the ancient Greek mythology, he was obsessed with his own, his own face. It's only because I'm insecure with my own face that I want everyone to be obsessed about it. You follow me? Okay. Uh, having an inferiority complex. Anybody sort of feel like they're the opposite of the narcissist? Well, that's also a form of insecurity. Oh, I'm not as important. Oh, I don't matter. You know, it, you know, it's all about you. Oh, don't don't even think about me. Who cares about me? Right? That's coming from an insecure place too. But how about competitiveness? And comparativeness. You're listening to one of the most competitive people you'll probably ever meet. Okay? And competitiveness comes from insecurity. I've got to win and you've got to lose. That's what competitiveness is. It's a win-lose mentality. And I've got to win because of my own emotional needs. Of feeling not good enough. Being afraid of failure. I.e., being insecure. If I'm secure, I'd be more cooperative. I might compete in something, but there would be no sense of self at stake in it. Let me give you another window into my soul. When I've played professional golf, it is not just a game. It's not something that I love. It's not a way to make some money. It's not even fun, even, even though all of that's true. Golf, to me, has always been life and death. It's that important. My sense of self was on the line when I played. If I played well, I felt like I existed. I felt like I was important. I felt like I mattered. When I played poorly, I felt like I was dead. I felt like like I didn't exist. Do you, do you, you get... Do you get that? Do you, do you see the insecurity in that? When you're playing something and it's life or death, that means I was playing for my own emotional health. The health and the, the I was playing for the, the security of my own ego. Do you follow me? And, and as we said, ego is insecurity. Insecurity is ego. Okay? So, that's always one of the things that's held me back in golf is that it was life and death. I took it so seriously. And I, how do you play well when it's that important to you? How do you just relax and let go and, and just enjoy the game and just be, you know, practice and be your best. But dude, it's not life or death. It's just fucking golf. Right. But that's not what it was for me. So are you competitive? Well, it's just because you're insecure. Are you a comparison person? Do you compare yourself with others? Do I measure up? Are they better than me? Are they making themselves sound better? Are they putting me down? Right? Are you into that comparison? Who's prettier? Who's not? What are you wearing? You're wearing nicer clothes than me. You make more money than me. That comparison, that envy, that jealousy, what is that? It's just insecurity. That's how it show that's how your insecurity shows up. Okay? So then there's bragging and exaggeration. That Whenever you're bragging and exaggerating about yourself, not just because you're insecure, right? Who you are isn't enough. You've got to sort of, you know, impress people and so forth. And then finally, the last one I would say is, if you're a know-it-all, do you know any people like that, that they always think they're the smartest person in the room? And no matter what you say, 
they know more about that topic than you. And they're going to tell you how they know more and why they know more. And they're just smarter than you. And they're just like a know-it-all. Why are they that way? Because they're insecure. They probably are really insecure about their smarts. And so they're trying to prove to you. When we try to prove ourselves to other people, isn't that proving that we're insecure? If you are secure, is there anything to prove to anyone? No. I don't need to brag. I don't need to exaggerate. I don't need to tell you know, what I know about certain topics so you know how smart I am because I'm secure in who I am. I don't really care if you know if I'm smart or not. I just, I'm just going to show up in my life and you know be myself. And You follow me? So I don't know how many there are in that list, but that's, that's quite a list of how insecurity can show up. Okay? So I think insecurity, it's easier to find out if you're insecure by what it does than by trying to define the term. And that's why I gave you all of these different manifestations of insecurity. Okay? So by doing that, my purpose has been to convince you that you are an insecure person. Hey, what's a, what's a podcast you're listening to these days? Well, I'm listening to this Attracting Lasting Love podcast, and it's great. Uh, just the last episode, uh, this guy Roy was trying to convince me that I'm insecure. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> and so I hope you don't take it quite that way. Um, the purpose in trying to help us all own that we are insecure is because that's the that's the starting point of freedom. You don't get free until you know you got a problem. Because once you know you got a problem, then you get motivated to deal with it. Right? It's like the alcoholic. Before they can say, you know what? I'm an alcoholic. Man, I got a problem. This, I'm a, this is out of control. Right? No transformation can happen until they can own that they have a problem. So we can't be the secure people that we are and get out of these weird behavioral patterns that sabotage our love lives we, and our lives in general. We can't get out of these if we don't start by saying, all right, my name's Roy and I'm insecure. And so that's why I've been hammering this is to, to, because your ego doesn't want to admit it's insecure, right? That's that's one of the ways you know you're insecure is when you say, I'm not insecure. <laughs> right? Because the ego doesn't like to be exposed. It doesn't like to be seen, not in that way, not for what it really is. Right? So I wanted to spend this time to help you really see that you're insecure. So here's where we go now. Here's how we grow with this. There's like four steps. Step number one. Admit it. Okay? Admit it. Step number two, accept it. Can you just accept and sort of embrace the idea that, okay, you're insecure? Like, all right, I'm human. I'm like everybody else in the world. I sometimes feel not good enough or not worthy or afraid of failure, fear of rejection. I, you know, yeah, okay. I can really accept. I can really accept it about me. It's okay that I'm insecure. Those two steps right there will change your life. Just to own it and be able to smile at it. Oh, I see that insecure part of me. It's there. It's okay. I love that part of me. It's sweet. It makes it makes sense to me. Okay? That's the second step. Now, the third step is where we start to have some fun. Here's the way out. You need to pick your go-to way of expressing your insecurity. Meaning of all those traits that I just went through, you need to pick the one that is your go-to, your favorite. Okay, Mine is being competitive and sort of wanting to impress and manage my image. Okay, You need to pick yours. Because if you, if you start looking at this entire list, you might say, oh my God, I do, I, I do almost all those things. It can just get you overwhelmed and you'll feel defeated and then you'll, you know, you won't deal with this. So forget all that. 
just say, what is my favorite way that my insecurity shows up? Is it the fear of rejection? That, that's my thing. Like I never take a risk in my love life. I don't let someone know that I'm interested. I don't walk up and say hello and introduce myself and start a conversation because, oh my God, I mean, it's just, a, I'm just insecure about all that. And if I get rejected, it's just going to kill me, right? So the third step is to make it real practical. What is my favorite way of expressing my insecurity? How does it really show up? Okay? Now, once you got that, then it just becomes this. The fourth step is do the opposite. Just do the dead opposite. So if my tendency is when I meet someone new that I want to somehow work into the conversation that, oh, I've got a podcast. Oh, I'm a best-selling author. Well, actually, three-time best-selling author. And I have played on the PGA Tour and I beat Tiger Woods back in his prime. Okay? I have a way of including that in conversations with complete strangers. <laughs> now, why do I do that? Because I'm insecure. Because I want them to think I'm special, right? If I already knew I was special, I wouldn't have to say that to them, right? Because I'm feeding off of how they see me. If you see me as special, well, then maybe I'll feel special. Because really, I don't feel special in scene. So I've got to brag and I've got to make an impression. Do you see it? So when I notice that that's what I'll do, well, then working on this is real easy. The next time you get in a conversation with a stranger, don't say that stuff. Just, just say, my name's Roy. Just have a conversation. You don't have to work in there all these things to make them say, wow, you're really special, Roy. Right? So I, once I know the way it shows up, I can just do the opposite. So here's the question. Here's the money question. What would I do if I wasn't insecure right now? What would I do or what would I say or how would I act or what would I do if I wasn't insecure right now? Or maybe I'd be more cooperative. Maybe I'd be more interested in what the other person has done with their life rather than me sneaking in all the things I've done with mine. Well, maybe if I'm afraid of rejection, what, what I would do if I was secure? Oh, I'd walk over there and introduce myself to that unbelievably gorgeous person. <laughs> I, I'm, there'd be no risk if I'm secure. There's, there's nothing to lose here. I'm not going to take it personal. So... How does your insecurity show up? Then you just ask yourself again, then what would I do if I was secure? What would I do right now? And then you go do it. Now you make a habit of doing that and pretty soon you're going to find yourself to be a pretty secure person because you're letting the secure part of you run your life rather than letting that insecure part of you do its thing. Because that's an important thing to know here. You have an insecure part of you. It's not who you are. It's just a bunch of thoughts. Thoughts based upon your past, things that have happened to you. Maybe you've been raised and people said you never amount to anything or you're just not a very pretty girl or you're not very smart or, you know, you're just a dumb jock or I don't know. People have said things to you or you've just gone through experiences in life and you've come away feeling insecure. But it's not who you are. It's just thoughts. It might be somebody else's thoughts that are in your head. It might be your own thoughts, but they're just thoughts. In other words, if you had an MRI or a full body x-ray, would the doctor look at your MRI and say, oh my God, I see insecurity in there. <laughs> right? Tonight, you know, the doc looks at your x-ray. Oh, I can see you broke your arm. Um, 
What, when, when did that happen? Oh, when I was 13, I fell off a bike and broke my arm. Because he, he could see the, the, the wound. He could see the bone and how it's healed. Even if you're 50 years old, it, there's still a marking there, right? But the doctor's not going to say, oh, yeah, I can look at your skeletal, your, your, your x-ray here, and I can see you're really insecure, right? It's not in there because it's a thought. It's not real. It's, it's, it's like mist. It's like smoke. It's, you can't grab it. It's not a real thing. It's just some stupid idea that's in your head. It's a belief, a thought, right? So you got that part of you, but there is that secure part of you in you. There is that part in you that does feel grounded, that does feel good enough and worthy and fastened and grounded and safe, right? There's that part of you. I'm just saying, can you let that part of you run your life? And you do that by saying, what would I do if I was coming from my secure part of me? Or the other way, you know, what would I do if I wasn't insecure? Right? So you're sort of accessing the higher part of you, the fearless part of you, the part of you that is healthy, I guess you could say. Not the neurotic part of you that's all insecure and worried about your image and what people think of you and, you know, and all that nonsense. So that's the money question. You don't have to try to solve this insecurity problem, you know, at the root. You really don't. That's a lifetime of, of spiritual work. You can stay on the shallow end here and just be in the practical realm of saying, what would I do if I was coming from the secure part of myself? So those are two questions. How does my insecurity normally show up? What is my favorite way of expressing my insecurity? And then what would I do right now in this moment? if I really was coming from the secure part of me. that Those are the four steps. First, admit it. Second, accept it. Third, identify your pattern. Fourth, do the opposite. And do it consistently. And one day you will wake up and you will feel like, I don't even know where that insecure person is anymore. That feeling of being not good enough or unworthy or afraid of rejection or needing to be perfect or getting jealous and possessive and I don't even know where that person is. There's this new person here (laughs) that feels grounded and is grounded, that feels secure, that, that just is at rest and open to the moment. This person doesn't take things personally. That that person exists in you, believe it or not. It's there. It's just buried. So there you go. How does your insecurity show up? And then moment to moment, what would I do if I wasn't feeling insecure? You try that. And again, That's why I said in the first part of this series, this is all about pragmatics. This is all about what works. If there is another way you know of to get over feeling jealous and being an attention whore and being competitive and comparative and bragging and people-pleasing, if you know of a better way to get beyond those self-sabotaging behaviors, because right, you know that when, when we manifest those kinds of characteristics, we're not attractive right? Being a people pleaser, being possessive, being competitive, being narcissistic, these are not attractive qualities. These will keep you single. Okay? So if you know of a better way to get by those things, then by all means do it. All that matters is that you don't let those kind of behaviors run your life and ruin your life. But I'm telling you, just try this. Just try asking yourself, what would I do or what would I say or how would I behave right now if I wasn't insecure? 
And the answer will come. It'll be as obvious on your, it might scare you. Well, I would walk over and say, hello. I would, I would take this moment and not let it pass. Right. You might be scared. Who cares? Because the secure part of you would say, well, if it doesn't work out, that what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean I'm not good enough. It just means that it didn't work out. But I take the risk because ooh, something pretty awesome could happen too. So there you go. I think those are some pointers that can really make a practical difference in your life in terms of the feeling of being insecure. All right. Now, as I always say, you know, I've just poked the bear here. I would love to follow up with you. If you want to talk more about this, if you want to talk about how to apply it to your life and your situation and and where you are in the world, um, that's what I'm here for, right? So I'm here to coach you with these things. I'm I'm, I'm here to help you find that secure place in you because that's that's where all the fun in life happens. Yeah, just when you're in your insecurity, life is not fun and your love life is going to suck. Okay? It's just I, I know it from my own personal experience. Right? So reach out to me for coaching, Roy at coachingwithroy.com or my cell phone number 407-687-3387. So I leave you with the question. What would you do or what would you say? if you were coming from that secure part of yourself. And until next week, bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.